Hi, and welcome to Buy Back The Block series, where we talk everything real estate and investment. We believe in empowering those in our communities to take pride in where they live and to share stories of journeys traveled and their successes. Every journey is unique, but also important as it provides an opportunity for those in the community to learn and progress through the experiences of others. There is infinite power that exists through collectively working together. On today's episode, we sit down with Ashley Reed, a director and financial advisor at Sterling Capital Group. He has been working in the world of property investment for 12 plus years, qualifying as a mortgage broker in the year of the 2008 financial crash. He walks us through what he has learned and continues to do in staying up to date in the changing economic climate. He takes us on a journey of self-reflection and what the community needs to do to create generational wealth, how to build a balanced portfolio and create multiple income streams. For those from a low economic base, the benefits of communal investing and the opportunities they present in investing in real estate and other ventures through the spreading of risk and reduced exposure while still generating a healthy return. So as I always do, to set things off, I ask the million dollar question, who are you, Ashley Reed? Okay, so yes, um, hello Kevin. I am a uh, mortgage advisor and a principal owner. I've been in the mortgage game for 12 years now. It's actually my 12th year this year, December. Started in 2008 during the credit crunch, which was probably the worst time to start. But I learned a lot, um, you know, when you start at the worst time and it's really hard and you you have to um, you know really refine your skills and understand the market that you're in. When you get to the good times, like now, even though it's a bit strange at the moment, you know how to survive and you know how to make it work and you know what deals will work and how the lenders think and what to do. So, so in, I started doing about time. Yeah. So 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 in your view, um, now is a, a good but interesting time. This is probably a great time because when I started, the government wasn't supporting you. The government wasn't giving you 10K grants and bounce back loans and saying don't pay interest for a year. Imagine that. Imagine starting in 2008 and they're saying, here you go, here's 50 grand, don't pay for a year, get your business going. Mm-hmm. Those things wasn't happening. Yeah, that's so it's true. A good time. Yeah, it's a good time to get into business. And it's a good time to learn because at the moment, it is difficult. It's challenging with lenders. You know, they're asking a lot of questions. They're going into a lot of things. You know, they're worried. Um, but because I've been through this before, to me, this is like, you know, the old days. I call this the old And we know we're going to get there because as long as you're not scared of hard work and you know what you're doing and you know how to prep your clients, you will succeed. Fair enough, fair enough. So let me ask this question, actually. Where, where are you actually from, though? Where did you grow up? I grew up in North London, Edmonton. Um, well, actually, I'm from Birmingham, believe it or not. Oh, right. Um, okay. I was, I was um, born in Birmingham, QE2 Hospital. I lived there for two years with my parents. My dad is a hardcore Villa fan. Literally, we lived <laughs> two minutes from the Villa Stadium. Like, it was a walk down the road in Aston. And I moved to London, um, Edmonton. And yeah, been there ever since. 
So what, are you from a big family, small family? Very big family. Very big family. I have, okay. uh, yeah, four sisters, two brothers. I'm the second oldest oh, wow. child, but the first son. Okay. Um, and yeah, lots of fights. <laughs> I could imagine. I can, I, can, I, can, I can understand why you moved from Birmingham now. Yeah. <laughs> so well, we, I think it's a getaway from Aston Villa, to be honest with you, and I've come to Tottenham. <laughs> fair enough, fair enough. So, so what's your heritage? Uh, your parents, where are they from? Uh, Jamaica. Oh, okay. My parents are from Jamaica. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Dad was born there, mother was born in Birmingham. Right, okay. I mean, we know that uh, history has shown that there's a massive Jamaican uh, population out in Birmingham. Um, yeah. I mean, it, it's it's funny because when I was in in the two uh, thousands and nineteen nineties, it was always a case that we always knew. Although we never used to travel out to Birmingham at the time, we always knew that there was a big there was a big scene out there um, yeah. of West Indians. Um, I don't know. Right, what, yeah. I'm not exactly sure. What, what, what's what's the, what's the history behind um, there being such a big population of? Um, I have no idea. Yeah. I think the first person probably went to Jamaica to, from Jamaica went to Birmingham and then they got their sisters, they got their brothers, they got their cousins. They all stayed in one house and then it kind of just went from there. So some members of my family went to Birmingham and my other uh, great aunts, they would have went to like South London. But right, yeah, okay. that's, that's what it was. And then it just kind of grew from there. Oh, okay, fair enough. So, um, so you grew up in Birmingham. Um, well, yeah. was, born, was born in Birmingham, came to Birmingham. came yeah. came to London, Edmonton. Um, so, what, yeah. so what was your upbringing like? So, um, uh, by way of education, what what's the situation there? Um, you know, that's a very good question because it wasn't the best at all. Um, it was, you know, limited. You were sectioned off and. You know, you, you have dyslexic. Well, they try to say you have dyslexic when you don't. You are labelled a troublemaker. You are. It was. It was. You know, probably the same as a lot of yeah. ethnic children in that time. Yeah. You know, in the eighties, growing up, you were different. Um, but you know, it's funny you say that because I have a lot of conversations about this with family members, and I always say school was the worst time of my life. University, I was top of the class. Didn't make any sense. Why is it at right. school, secondary school, college? I was, I was, I wouldn't even consider myself as middle of the class. I was, you know, bottom to lower tier. And then when I went to university, I was top. Yeah. And what I realised is that I wasn't stimulated in school. I was bored. Yeah. I think I, I mean, was doing. Go on, go on. Yeah, I was doing things that you know. It didn't interest me. It was just boring. But I studied computer science. Mm-hmm. I was doing programming. I was doing programming language. And I was top of my... I was getting first-class passes because I was so unique in my way of design. And then I, I just think... I, the way I think is just very different. I'm a, I'm a very good problem solver. So it was a perfect career path for me, even though I ended up being a mortgage advisor in the end. Um, but, you know, that was my first love. And I still do IT stuff. I, I mean, I wired my whole office and I networked my whole, all my computers and mm-hmm. I've designed my whole, my website myself. And, you know, I, I've turned myself into a blogger now. So I blog right. constantly right. Um, through my website, giving out free information, helping people to buy properties and so on and so forth. So, 
Yeah, I mean, uh, I mean, I think, I think for me, um, just to just to interject, um, in the case of my upbringing, and when I think back, and this was something I don't know, I don't know why I'm thinking like this these days, but when I look back at my experiences in school and uh, and, and and college, even when um, you're trying to relate to your teachers or even speaking to your teachers, I've realised there was never, ever a real connection that existed. They never quite understood the history wow. or the story that sat behind a person. Wow. I, I, look, I look back and I, and, and, and I see the interjection, that's, the, the, the interaction that certain other people had with their teachers, and it was very fluid. And I, I, I felt like between me and a teacher, it, it, it felt like a fake friendship, if you get what Basically. I mean. Basically. You know, they don't like it. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, that's it. And um, funny you say that. Yeah. It's so funny you say that because my daughter is seven years old, and when she went nursery, she was top of the class. And we took her out of nursery. She went to preschool, and she used to hate it. She used to love going to nursery, but she hated when we took her out of nursery. It was at preschool, and then you know it started going through the public school system. And I literally watched my daughter's just regress. She literally regressed. She went from top of the class, could do everything, had all the confidence to, I don't like my teacher. And, you know, she had problems with her teacher and so on and so forth. The story goes on. But I remember being my daughter growing up. And I remember feeling like my teacher didn't like me. And having that disconnect. And one thing my mum did is she had a tutor. So everything we was learning in school, I already knew. Mm-hmm. So she made sure that, you know, I had understood and knew what was happening in the class. Yeah. And that's why I did that for my daughter as well. Because I, I literally, from a really confident, um, very outspoken person, it's like they was trying to trap her in a box. Yeah. You know, don't be outspoken. Don't be outspoken. Don't be creative. Yeah. Don't don't have passion. No, 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 no. And it's like they're trying to program you as a child to not want or not try. They want you to just stay here. Don't think, oh, I might want to invest in properties and grow a portfolio. No, no, no. Don't do that. You stay here. Let these kids do that. We're going to keep you here. Yeah. So you have to battle through life. You're battling as a child through life just to move forward. Yeah, absolutely. I think um, a, a lot. A, again, a lot of the a lot of the issues that people face is around the fact that the people that are, are, are teaching you, a lot of the time they don't they don't actually believe in themselves, and yeah. their dysfunctional or disbelief in how their lives have turned out has led them onto um, a situation where they're they're putting that same attitude on you. Um, Unfortunately, not every teacher out there is actually out there to inspire, but some of them are just there because they're other things didn't go well for them. So it's also important to make sure that the people that are teaching um, and they're involved in your life are actually inspired in what they're doing. And I'm not just doing that as a, you know, a compensate or a, the second choice as to, you know, what they do. But yeah, I mean, let's, 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 let's move on. So um, we've spoken about your education. Did you go to Did you go to sixth form? Was that something that was uh, of interest yeah, to you? I went. I went sixth form. Mm-hmm. Um, probably the biggest mistake I made. Um, college was when my life kind of went in a better direction. Where uh, new new teachers, 
new experiences. You was treated like a, a young adult as opposed to being treated like a child in school. Um, so yeah, we did. I did college and then from college to university. I loved it. So, but you, but you enjoyed it. You enjoyed your um, your university um, experience. That was the turning point in my life. So, so, That's so, when so, so what? So, it seems like um, in your college years, you sort of um, you sort of found your way. What was it that made you find your way? And then again, um, was it in property? Um, was it property related that, that that made you find your way, or was it something else? Success. I wanted to be successful. That's what it was. I wanted to prove everybody wrong. I'm very, um, <laughs> I'm very, I'm very determined, but. I like proving people wrong. Yeah. So if you tell me I can't do something, not, not only am I going to do it, I'm going to do it better than you ever believe. Yeah. Because my I'm determined to, when you're growing up and everybody's against you, that's how you feel. No one wants to encourage you, no one wants to support you. You feel yeah. like the whole world is against you. You've got two choices. You can give up or you can say no. Like, mm -hmm. no, I can do it and I will do it. And when I've done it, I'll make sure. I won't, and when I've done it, I won't even tell you I've done it. You'll just see it when you see it. Mm. And that's how I've always kind of been. So college was just, college was fun. Uh, I loved to play basketball. So I played basketball every day. And I made some great friends who I'm still friends with now. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, it, my attitude was just, I'm going to prove you wrong. Mm -hmm. Because you're telling me that I can't do something. And it wasn't just teachers I had to do that with, it was like my parents as well. It was friends. Um, my friends, um, I recently did some posts on Instagram about, you know, stuff I've been doing with my work. And some of my friends was there with me when I was studying. We was on holiday in Cancun. And I was studying to be a mortgage broker and they used to laugh at me. They were laughing at me saying, we've flown 11 hours on a plane and you're reading a book and we're on the beach. <laughs> and we're drinking and having fun and you're reading a book and they would tease me and laugh at me yeah. and those same people would say to, say to me like I'm proud of you like I remember when I was on holiday and yeah. we were laughing at you and look what you've managed to achieve like yeah. hard work pays off yeah. and it's those things that touch me because when the people that care about you your friends that's known you over 20 years 25 years can say I remember you fighting for this yeah just to prove everybody wrong and yeah. you've done it Excellent. and I say to my friends I, have, I haven't even done anything yet I've just stopped and yeah. like yeah but to us you've made it like you we look up to you yeah and to have your friends say that like my little brother he's I'm like he's, I don't know he, he I say to him I say like Nathan I, I'm still I'm still getting there he, to, to him he's like no he's like big bro you have made it yeah and I said, well, you, you see, know, I'll let you know. Yeah, I think I think that's again that's that's an that's an important thing to to say. For, yeah. I mean, one one thing one thing that you've you've pointed out there is making sure that you have the right cheerleaders or the right people that's around right. you who celebrate you. You know. Yeah. Um, it's uh, I mean, as as we've as we've um, we've said, there are people out there in the world who do not believe in what you do and who you are. Yeah, so that is out there. That negativity already exists out in the world. You don't want people like that around you, who are who are going to tell you that you can't succeed or you can't do things. You want people who are going to appreciate you and celebrate those wins. By way of your younger brother too, you've obviously inspired him in some way or fashion. You know, he looks at oh, you yeah. and he and 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 he sees what success is, and that's the thing. What is success really? You need to ask yourself that too, because if you're inspiring somebody, to them. 
you're the greatest. You're the, you're the greatest thing. I mean, people look up to their parents, look up to their to their dads. A lot of a lot of people don't actually have a lot of money, but mm-hmm. just being able to take something from point zero to point two is is is, okay. is something, and we and we yeah. and we have to and we have to appreciate that, you know. Yeah. Um. So I mean, for me, there are people who inspire me. They look at themselves, and they and and, and along the same sort of lines too. They look at themselves and say, Ah, oh, look. You, you think I'm doing well? Look at this person up, up up top. He's doing so much better. But no, that's not it. Let's celebrate and continue to celebrate those small wins because very much yeah. so, those are the things that move us to the next level, you know, and it moves the community exactly. forward, you know? Exactly. That's it, exactly. And that's why one of my big things that I like to do is work with anybody that's trying to do something for themselves. Absolutely. If you are trying to do something and it's positive and it helps you or it helps other people, I will support you and I'll put time and effort into what you want to do because I wish when I was your age or, or I wish I had the people around me from an earlier age that would say that, that did that for me. And that's what people, we don't do. We don't support each other. We don't encourage each other. We don't, yeah. you know, show each other. One of my friends, a good friend of mine, you know, very good friend of mine, very close to my family, He's a plumber and he's probably one of the best plumbers. And I don't know much about plumbing, but I've had plumbers come to my house and mess up everything. And my friend Tyke would come along and he would, you know, he was so good. And now he does commercial stuff and he doesn't really like domestic, but he'll come out if it's like friends and stuff because, you know, he knows what he's doing. Mm -hmm. And I was trying to explain to him that your business is good, but if you ever want to be bigger than what you are and you ever want to go forward and not work every day and be tired, you need to expand your business. Yeah. And that costs money, that takes money. And he's like, oh, I've had this guy that wants to invest in my business, but I'm not sure. And I said, well, let me have a look at the contract. Let me see what you have to say. Let me have a meeting with you. And I went with him. And now, after, apparently, well, basically what's happening now is the guy is going to invest in his business. And I told him what you need to do with that money and how you can grow your business. Because he's already big, he's already yeah. got contracts, but you need more workers, and you need money, stability, to pay your workers, to get in the big contracts, to get the jobs in, to make more money. Now, Absolutely. we don't have parents that's gonna say, here goes, and here's half a million, to mm-hmm. invest in your business. And the bank's not gonna say to you, here you go, sir, here's half a million, because you're not a homeowner. You have Absolutely. no assets, so you're not gonna get that. So then someone saying to you, I want to invest in your business and being a partner with you so you can grow your business, that's alien to him. Mm. He doesn't understand that. Whereas yeah. I understand that. Yeah. Because I was fortunate enough to be working in Liverpool Street amongst wealth advisors and some real top firms that turn over a lot of money and their owners are my friends on a first name basis. And we sit and we talk business and so on and so forth and I learned a lot from them. And one thing I learned from them is they all had investors. They all took huge loans to get where they were. They didn't get there by the, by themselves. They had help. Always, uh, as, always. As black people, we don't we don't we don't see that. Yeah, you know, I we think, don't understand that. I think I think um, our understanding a lot of the time is that you need to. I mean, we've got we've definitely got the the, the work ethic, and we understand that. But yeah. um, we don't understand the power that. Um, that that's that 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 can generate from a collective, um, and um, from putting things together. I mean, looking at outside sources um, is always something that should be that should be considered. Uh, as you rightly yeah. said, most businesses that truly that that, that really do grow 
there's usually there's usually some sort of cash injection. And to be honest, it's not just uh, it's not just cash injection, but mind injection. It, it, it normally involves more than one person that is actually working together to get things done. Um, I mean, there's something I like to say to to people, um, and that is, look, you can you can um, you can get where you're going to quickly by yourself, but if you really want to stay there. Um, and, 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 and stay there long term You need to go there with people You know um, it, Exactly Building that yeah, network Yeah absolutely yeah, Your yeah. network is your net worth absolutely. You need contacts You need friends You need to do favours People owe you favours I've, I've done so many favours for young brokers That want to get forward I never ask for nothing back in return But it comes back tenfold Boom Because they never forget what yeah. I did to help them yeah. They never ever forget it. They always Absolutely. say, you got me. I've had, I've had friends, my cousin, he was 19 years old, went to a private school, very well educated, can speak seven languages, had, I think, seven A stars in A levels. Wow. He didn't know what to do with his life. He didn't know what to do. And I said to him, well, you, while you're figuring it out, do the course to become a mortgage broker. It took him two months. And I said, and enjoy your life and figure out what you want to do. Mm-hmm. But if you get to an age where you think, right, I want to get a proper job now, you have this to fall back on. Mm-hmm. And, what is, and what happened? He's now a mortgage broker. He's <laughs> a very good mortgage broker. And he always says to me, you saved my life. <laughs> That's easy as that. Because he, in my, every, every Christmas card, every birthday card, he's like, you saved my life. <laughs> because I didn't know where I was going to go. I didn't know what I was going to do. And I did Gave him a little idea and he went with it. And he's the top broker in his firm. I said to him, I'll never hire you. I'll never hire you because I can't stand you. And my cousin, I love you, but you can never work for me. <laughs> but go here and these guys will help you. Because yeah. he's ambitious. He wants to run his own business. He wants to grow. So I help him. This is how yeah. you do it. Learn it from this point of view. This is my point of view. I yeah. can tell you my point of view. But this is another point of view. Learn it from that way. So that way, you know, you have, I, I know my business from my point of view. Mm-hmm. So I'm in this box, but there's other options. So there's other ways of doing it. Learn it. Because I will tell you my side, but you need to learn that side and understand it so you can be better than me. Yeah, Don't absolutely. be the same as me. Be yeah. better. Yeah. Uh, I started doing mortgages at I think 30 or I can't remember actually. No, I want to say 28. Yeah. 28 when I started doing mortgages. Wow. So let me ask this question. So, so what was the transition from you? Because you said you did IT at first, and then you decided to yeah. become a mortgage broker. What happened? Yeah. What happened in between that that made you want to go from um, doing IT related stuff to actually becoming a broker? Life was hard growing up, and I was, you know, trying to find my way. Um, I always wanted to do the right things in life. I it was just hard. You know, you're on your own. Like, you are literally on your own, and you have to do it the hard way. Mm-hmm. And I worked for an educational com- company called Renaissance Learning, which was working with children, and I loved it. But it felt like... It was like that was my idea of, of slavery. And I say that in a way where... So it was all commission-based, as well as a salary. I was a top... Like, I was the top guy, I changed the way they presented. I changed everything in there and made, and literally their company profit that they made or gross profit they made from sales in the previous year, I did that within three months of 
from my first month, my first three months, I I topped, I matched that wow. as one. And there's three sections of that business. That so four sections. The four, what they did in a year, I did it by myself in three months. Wow. Because of how I think and how I changed it and how I made it better and the, the systems I put in place, that was my impact on that company. Mm-hmm. And, and the reason I call it like it's like slavery because wherever, the good thing about that business is that you get renewable income, which means what you banked in year one, you can bank again in year two. You can bank again in year three. Mm-hmm. So as you grow and might roll more business or do more and more things, you can potentially earn more and more money. Mm-hmm. So when they realized that, what did they say? Oh, okay. Well, what we're going to do now then is if we're paying you 10% last year, well, you're going to make double the money. So we're not going to pay you 5% commission. <laughs> oh, now that's going to go down to 2.5% commission. <laughs> oh, now that's going to go to... 1% commission. When I left there, I was on 1%. And imagine I've come, I've changed everything. I brought people in there to help them. I made other regions that was weak, strong. And I taught how to do it, what to do, how to present things. I was presenting to head teachers and faculty leaders and um, local authorities and explaining to them, yes, it's good. This is how you use it. This is why it works. But remember, if you buy a car, you don't service it, you don't MOT it, you don't put petrol in it, it doesn't matter what, what car, what the brand is, the car's not going to work the same. You have to look after it, you have to nurture it, you have to love it, you have to give it tender loving care. Yeah. So I, that's how I explained how to use this program, which would help kids, and it genuinely worked. Mm. It was the, if I had that in school, I would have been Einstein. <laughs> I do think I'm Einstein already, but I would have been Einstein. And that's the thing, you know, but that's what they did. So I said to myself, right, there's three jobs I want to do. Maybe my top one was to become a mortgage broker because I thought they make good money, mm. which they do. The second one was media sales. Mm-hmm. And I can't remember the third one. I didn't even get to the third one. I went for my top option. And what, nine years, eight years later, I was self-employed for eight years. And then I opened up my own company, hired my own staff, wow. doing it myself. Wow. So, so let, so let me get this right. So it seemed like from the very beginning, you knew exactly what you wanted to do. It seemed like this mortgage broken thing, um, is definitely something that, uh, you knew you wanted to do from the beginning. What, I mean, yeah, I like helping people. So is is that what it is? Is that, is it, is it the fact that you like helping people? Um, that has led you down that path? Yeah. I like helping people. I like working with people. I, I used to love it when someone said, Oh, I went to this broker, I went to that broker and they couldn't help me. And they came to me and I've done it the first time around. Mm. Uh, I, I, I loved helping people and helping them and teaching them how to accumulate wealth, mm-hmm. what to do with the money, giving them, finding out what they, their attitude to risk was to then guide them in the right way to help them achieve their goal. Mm-hmm. And that was my thing. I, I, I enjoy it. Cause, you know, some people look at money as success. Some people might say, your house is success, your cars. No, it's actually, for me, it's not. It's the people around me, the, the, the family that, the extended family that look at me as a brother, as a son, as, you know, the, the, the information we share and how we help, we, be, we build our community. Absolutely. Because we don't have a community. So 
you know, I know I had clients that were Kurdish and they had a Kurdish community and they looked after each other and they invested in each other. They gave the money to the younger ones to help them to, and they opened shops together and yeah. done all sorts of things together. They yeah. invested in their community. We don't do that. Yeah. So what I try to do is if someone has a good idea, you know, what you do with the group, I think is an amazing thing. Yeah. I, I love it. I read all the comments or, you know, before I, I try and see what's going on and see, you know, what's the new, the new latest news of the day in the yeah. group and what people are talking about. And I think it's brilliant because it's a community. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, and, and, and for me, that is, that is the intention. The intention is for it to be educational. Um, I can't know yeah. everything, but let's build up something that we can actually share and learn off of each other. Exactly. I mean, it's, it's interesting that you should say that we don't have a community. Um, I mean, I've heard it, a f I've heard it a few times. Um, um, and, and to be honest, I think, I mean, on, on the, the reason why that group was set up was because of that. Uh, personally, yeah. I, I, I felt that um, there was a lot of information that sat within myself just based on me knowing people. And uh, there are people around me who are constantly asking me for stuff. And it reached a point yeah. for myself that I was like, you know what, um, I'm tired. I'm tired of um, being that conduit. If anything, yeah. I think that the most growth that I will get out of this would be to connect people, get people in a group and, and get people talking together. And that's the reason why that um, By the Block UK group was set up. It was set up yeah. to act as a place that people can go to, to get ideas, to share things and actually get people working together. Because I do believe that our, I mean, the same way in which you believe our community, we're not, we're not, we're not, we're not working together enough. We're not. No. We're not, and because really of that, not. it's it, there are certain things that are uh, it, it's hindering our growth and development as a as a community. Um, That's right, you know. And uh, I yeah. mean, I mean, look at the times that we're living in now. I mean, there's certain there's certain people who, who who basically look down on us and feel that they can do anything they want to us because we're not organising what we're doing, you know. And so it's it's, so it's why did you fall? Exactly. Why did you fall? You know, so it's 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 important that um and and, and uh, that 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 we actually start understanding that there is power through doing things together, and that we actually can build up economic power um, by um by um by by working together and and getting things done. You know, so yeah, it's definitely I think it's definitely the, it's definitely the way to go. Um, yeah, you know, so that's so, one of my key messages. Yeah, absolutely. That's my key message to all my friends, to everybody that knows me, I always say my key message is look, you need to work together. You yeah. need to invest together, you need to work together, you need to grow together, you need to learn together. Yeah. And then you teach your children. Absolutely. And then you will see change. Yeah, absolutely. Do you think Do you think this generation is different from the last generation at all? Like financially, oh, we're yeah. talking about finance here. Um, in America, no. In America, it's regressed. I in the UK it has changed it's so interesting that's a really good question because the older generation are they're going to be stuck in the ways and they dealt with a different type of racism yeah where they walked everywhere but they had to walk in groups and they would get chased by white gangs they'll get chased by the police um, and beat up and they had a different they had real racism get out of our country we don't want you here yeah um graffiti i remember being a kid you know in my estate that i lived in and there was nazi signs on the wall and 
yeah. racial slurs and being people, you know, it was all sorts. And as a kid, I just used to read it every day on my way to school. Newt is racist. And it's funny, as a child, you don't even know what racism is, really. You don't, you yeah. don't, all you think is, oh, you don't like black people. No, yeah. racist people hate black people. They yeah. despise them. They, you know, they don't want you in their lives. They don't want you around their children. Like, they hate them. And growing up, that was just the norm to me yeah. as a child. Um, but I would like, I would love to believe that this generation of young black men and women mm-hmm. are different. I feel like the black women are still strong. Mm-hmm. I, I do believe that. Um, unfortunately, with the young black males, and we're talking about the 16s and 17s and 18-year-olds, I feel like they're lost and, and they're stabbing each other. And when I grew up, oh, there was crime when I grew up, but it was never like this. Like, we have fights. Yeah. And you lift tail another day and you get teased for yeah. a week because you lost a fight to someone. Yeah. But, you, but you still lived. Yeah. I can't think of any of my... No one, none of my friends I grew up with were stabbed. Yeah. <laughs> like no one was. And none of them had a gun. Yeah. And my take on it is I feel that, unfortunately, a lot of parents, a lot of mums have to be a mum and a dad. Yeah, absolutely. And have to work two jobs. And it's hard, you know, it is hard. Raising children is not easy and you need stability. My, I have a foster brother um, oh, wow. and yeah, I have a foster brother and I love him to death. And, you know, his story will bring a tear to your eyes. And it's just, you know, it's just life is just so difficult and things that we have to go through. That's why with my cousins and people around me, even if I'm in a bad way, you have me. And my cousin Marte always used to say, mm-hmm. like, even when I was in a bad way, in a bad situation at home or whatever the situation was, if my cousin needed a bed to stay in, food, I made sure he had it before I had it myself. Mm-hmm. And that's the unity. That's the sticking together. And I think the younger, the younger kids get a little bit harder because they get into their gangs. There's more gangs now. There's more postcode gangs and all sorts of things happening so it's just hard for them yeah. but they do they do grow up yeah. and they do change but yeah. a lot more are dying I think I really do think I, have, I don't know the statistics so I could be wrong yeah. but I'm seeing a lot of kids was it two weeks ago where a family was shot in yeah. in, in Harsden yeah. yeah and a baby man everything's know. everything's happening these days to be honest what is going on? Yeah, it's a it's a crazy one. But let, but let me ask. So let me ask. Let me ask this question though. So, all right, we understand that the um, the environment that a lot of these kids are growing up in um, is not ideal. Um, they face their challenges uh, as families economically. They've got their they've got their challenges. But I mean, in 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 my in my view, looking at just that it doesn't show a complete picture it shows that yeah absolutely in deprivation and in poverty we still have our issues but then I also think about the generation that is basically bore off or has learned from us and is trying to push things forward a bit more Um, financially and there was that there was definitely that. Yeah, 100%. they're a bit. Yeah, 
they're a bit more awake. Um, see, that's, I, think, I think that's that's even a que- that's even questionable. As in, I was going to say that. Yeah. yeah, it is slightly because, like, okay. So just to answer that, just to touch on that subject, just very quickly. Do you? I have three children. Okay. Will my children have a deposit to buy their first house when they come of age? Wow. Yes, they will, yeah. because I've planned for it. Yeah. So I've planned to make sure that my children have a deposit to buy a house mm-hmm. for themselves. Did my parents plan for me to have a deposit? No, they didn't. Mm-hmm. Get on with it, figure it out. Did their parents plan for them for that? No, they didn't. Mm-hmm. But how can we change? The only way we change is we start with our children and plan their future. Absolutely. So when we talk about the generation and the children and we'll have their parents plan for them and guide them, who knows? Because, you know, I don't, as I said, I don't statistics. I know we try, but some of these parents are single parents and have to do so much. Yeah, absolutely. Two jobs. My mum was working nights. Mm. My mum was working nights every day. She was exhausted. Yeah. So, and she was making enough just to survive. So Absolutely. how can we then say to my mum, yeah, but where's my deposit for my house, mum? Yeah, <laughs> she's not going to think about that. She's thinking about feeding you yeah, and putting clothes in your back. That's that, that was her time. That was her aim. So, and, you're, and keeping you alive. Absolutely. So how can you, you can't really, and you know, you can't, it, it just is what it is. But then if you've got yourself in a position in life, that's great. You've done well. But make sure your children learn from you. Absolutely, absolutely. Let's create that environment. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's interesting you you speak about um, what your parents could have done for you, considering yeah. um, what you're doing for your for for your kids. It seems that there's definitely um, a view by way of legacy and how we can ensure that um, where they start off is a lot better than where we where, where we begun. That's what it is. That's yeah. all you have. That's your only job in life. Yeah. That should be your only key. I, I've, I've spoken to people from the, from the from the group that we're in, and you know they're tr- they're doing amazing things with their kids. Yeah. They're doing some really amazing things. How they're you know trying to help them and educate them and teach them about investments and yeah. how to invest in properties and how to source. And they're not just trying to teach their children, but they want to teach the community, and that's what we never had. Absolutely. Play scheme was just to play football and play pool and play in the park with a bunch of other kids that was in the area in a play scheme. Yeah. It wasn't about learning about investment, sourcing properties, what kind of properties to source, being having having a relationship with a builder because a good relationship with a good builder is gold. You're a millionaire. Yeah. You're exactly. a millionaire. Yeah. You're a millionaire. You don't even know it yet, but you're a millionaire. That's the truth. You know, so it's all these things and like I said all, it's hard because as a parent especially for a single parent you have so much you have to do and on top of that you know I, I feel so for all the parents that have a job and they've had to go through quarantine and their kids are probably bouncing off their rules or they've had to go homeschooling yeah. and you know it's it's, it's hard it's difficult especially one. if you're on your own it's hard. absolutely Absolutely. You have to take your house to those people. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. So, so, so let me ask this. So I'm, I'm going to take, take it a step back. It seems like we've gone very much into 
our communities and um, yeah. um, what we can do by way of uh, making sure that uh, they, I mean, our kids are able to progress and start on a better foot. I think also in the case of our mindsets, making sure that our kids yeah. are of the right mindset and understand what investments are and um, mm-hmm. have, have a more healthy relationship with money and, and, and wealth building. Because that's definitely yeah. something that, uh, I mean, for myself, I don't think I learned until I was in my late 20s, early early 30s um so uh, one one thing i one thing I, I need to know so you've now gone into uh mortgage broking what what is the sort of clientele yeah. that you that that, that that you're dealing with um around that um and what sort of products is it that you're selling uh like yeah what sort of services are you are you basically delivering um my clients do vary but with my clients we we have, you know, high net worth, we have middle class, or we have all types of clients. We, you know, we don't discriminate. We service all. Um, and, you know, we, we specialize in all types of finance, whether it's remortgaging, whether it's first-time buyers, whether it's investors, portfolio landlords, yeah. um, limited company purchases. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's all sorts of clever ways to obtaining a mortgage or even in getting into investment. Yeah. Um, with a mortgage I've done investment mortgages with people with no deposit you know wow. I've done investment yeah um, you, there's, once, you, once you have the information you know the information is key mm-hmm. so yeah I've, 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 I've done it all as I said I started during the hard times so mm-hmm. my main lenders were the subprime lenders so <laughs> I know them back to front because <laughs> that was the only lenders that was lending at the time yeah um but yeah, it's, my clients are just interesting, you know, I've had um, the mayor of London's accountant was one of my clients, the head of police in City Hall was one of my clients. So I've had some interesting clients. Oh, that's right, okay. Um, okay. Yeah, we've had some really, you know, and we have very interesting conversations about society, about politics, about, you know, the world that we live in, because mm-hmm. uh, this is how I learn. Yeah, definitely. This is how I get my information from these guys because these guys, their way of life is totally different to what I'm used to. Yeah. But once they realize I speak the same language, they are more happy to share more information and we touch on certain topics. So uh, it's, 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 it's evident you, um, you listen to social commentary. I mean, I think, I think like, a, like a barber's chair where you go in and you <laughs> tell all your problems to, to, to your barber. The whole- it's it's, oh, it's, it's yeah. <laughs> it's pretty it's pretty similar in the case of um people's financials and what they tell to their to their brokers uh, to be honest That's right. um yeah. so that relationship um also exists so so i mean i know you you also you spoke of structures and how you yeah. were able to get into uh, property um yeah. is there any approach that you would recommend for somebody that um maybe might not have a lot of money or might come from a very low base that might want to get into property. Is there any strategies that yeah. you play around with or that you could recommend for people that might want to get into the game? Yeah, there's a few. I mean, there are ways you can do it on your own. Mm-hmm. Um, there are lenders that will actually will give you a 100% mortgage. Even today? So if you're, yeah, you can get 100% mortgage. If you have good income, if you have good income, you could be on a hundred grand a year or fifty k a year. Yeah, you can get a hundred percent mortgage. Wow, it is possible. 
It is not impossible. If even if you are an investor and you have properties and you want to buy more properties, you can get a hundred percent mortgage and get a buy to let. Everything's down to criteria. You have to fit the lender's criteria. For instance, you have to be a homeowner if you want to buy an investment property, a residential homeowner. Right. Earning at least over twenty five K. As long as you're earning over twenty five K, you can. But you won't be able to do it in London because London prices are too expensive. You have right. to go up north. But okay. you can get those properties. You can go to Birmingham, you can go to Leeds, Manchester. I didn't know that, you know. You can get hundred yeah, you get hundred mortgages. Um Invest with people. When I first started doing investments, I didn't do it on my own because I couldn't do it on my own. I invested with friends. We bought properties together. It's a, and when we sold or we refinanced, it's your turn. Here's 70 grand. Okay, it's your turn now. Here's your 70 grand. Okay, it's your turn now. Here's this. Here's that. Sorry, sorry, you know, sorry, 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 then, sorry, sorry, sorry. Let me get this right. So... Explain to me how that works. So you teamed up with a number of people that you right. knew. Yeah. And you went out and bought property. Property. That's right. So everyone bought, a, let's say, a percentage of deposit. And then yeah. what vehicles did you use? Was it, was it in individuals' names? Was it in a company's names? Limit- how exactly did you do yeah. it? Limited companies. So we form a limited company. We all have shares in a limited company. And... We use and we purchased as a group, and right. it's a very. It is. We want to call it a get rich quick scheme because it kind of is. Because the, the the beauty about properties in London is that it goes up in value so fast. Right. You know, you, you can have a and during that time you have to remember we we bought in twenty fourteen thirteen. Right. Okay. So that's when we were coming out of the crash. Right. Okay. You know, and then it boomed again. So right. timing. Was there? And it's key. Yeah, time is key. But as I said, you have to understand with properties is that you're making money in your sleep. That's what I say to everyone. You're making money in your sleep. Yeah. So getting on the ladder is probably the most important thing you could ever do. It's the, it's the biggest, biggest investment you'll ever have, but it, it will help you. I used my houses as stepping stones to buy bigger houses because the, the equity was growing up every single year. Yeah, that's how I got to the house that I live in now. Right. And property is key, but how you invest is important. There's so many ways you can do it. You can families can give you a gift. Um, I do a lot of gifts where it's just gift of equity, where no cash is transferred. Literally, the equity is the deposit. Wow. Okay. Okay. So, so there's so many ways you can do it, but you just have to understand, have a conversation. Yeah. Because if the opportunity, I have a client right now who's buying 19 properties. She's buying 19 properties. Do you want to know how much deposit she's putting down for those 19 properties? <laughs> Go on, tell me. Zero. <laughs> <laughs> she's already just bought one that I did for her. And she's currently doing another one now in Palmer's Green. The house worth about 1.2. She's getting it for 1 million and she's put it down zero deposit. Wow. So it's about structuring things. She structured it a particular way that allows for that to happen. It's how you structure it. And it's also about your community and what your community is willing to do for you. Yeah. It's not, it's not, um, it's, it's not, it's, it's not a easy quick fix. 
you have to have an opportunity. It could be your grandparents, it could be your parents, it could be your brother, mm-hmm. it could be a, you know, a member of your family that wants to do something or whatever it may be. You have to have the, have the conversation. You have to have the ambition to want to do things. This person I'm talking about, she has ambition in property. Mm-hmm. She's done so much. She, she, she's in the church community. Right. And this opportunity fell in her lap and she didn't want to do it. And I said to her, all right, if you don't do it, I'm going to do it. So as soon as I said that, she's like, well, is it that good? I said, it's, I said, it's free money. Do it. <laughs> 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 Are you sure? I will stretch it for you. Don't worry. Just make it happen. Yeah. And now she's doing it. Yeah. And that's all it is. It's just about information. But you have to have conversation with a broker and say what the opportunity that you feel you might have. And then that person can tell you how you can make it a reality. Yeah, 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 yeah. I hear you on that. So again, so you, so I'm just trying to recap what you did there. So you're saying if you haven't got a lot of money, potentially, one way in which you can get into property is by working with other people or people that you know in buying part of a property. Um, That's right. It becomes a lot more easier for you to generate the money. Um, mm-hmm. the, the, the truth of the matter is, is that in the long run, property has been found to increase in value. Um, there's not, there's no, there's no more land anywhere in the UK. So you've got a situation where you've got um, a, a part of a house which will later go up in value. You therefore have the potential potential to pull money out from existing properties and um, and buy other houses. And you could continue to do right. that numerous times for you to um, build a healthy portfolio. That at some point, if you decide to walk away, you can walk away with a with a with a bit of something or or, or, or potentially a, a whole of something. Um, by way right. of um, uh, a house, and, it, and it's a, and it's a lot more easier for you, for you to do it that way um, rather than um, rather than um, trying to do it all by yourself. And again, it goes yeah. back to us to our to our same uh, argument of people trying to do things by themselves and doing it quicker, but then it's a lot more of a struggle when you could do it. It might take a bit. It might take a bit more time, but you will be there for longer, and you can grow a lot a, a lot wider. I mean, the truth of the matter is, if you've got five guys or six guys that are effectively working um, on a project together, it also means that you've got five different eyes and five different perspectives. So it also means right. that um, uh, the sourcing of properties, if you one going out there trying to source something, it's only one set of eyes that are looking around. But if you've got five different sets of eyes who are looking for a deal for the collective. And again, that pushes yeah. things forward so much more. And you'll get a deal. That's Once it. you start as I always say, the, one of our biggest problems is that we tend to feel that we have to do everything all on our own. Absolutely. And then when we've done it on our own, we have to tell everyone that we've done it on our own. Yeah. Whereas if we do it together and we just get our head down and get uh, and get on with it, you could put yourself in a very, very good position yeah. in the next five, six, seven years. Yeah, absolutely. To a point where you think, wow, how did this happen? And this is why I want to touch on... Um, so one of my messages was working together yeah. and helping each other. But my other message is wealth yeah. and how to generate wealth in the world that we live in today. And this is why when we spoke before, when we was talking about, um, I spoke about my friend and he's a plumber and I talked to him about, you know, getting an investor to help him to grow his business. And him not being sure about it, or actually it's because he didn't understand it, which is why he wasn't sure about it which is why I explained it to him and how it works and how they get paid and how he gets paid and what he does with the money and how he structures it. Mm-hmm. 
And wealth is key because to accumulate wealth, yeah, there are people that do it. So we look at, I'm going to use this as an example, Dr. Dre. Dr. Dre is known by everybody, you know, NWA and great producer. Yeah. And he done the headphones beat by Dre's and sold it for, I think, 2.2 billion or 2.1 billion, something mm-hmm. like that. And it was like, oh, Dr. Dre's going to be the first black billionaire through music. Dr. Dre owned 30% of Beats by Dre. <laughs> His name's on it. Yeah. But he was a passenger. Yeah. Jimmy Iovine, I thought, he does, he must be it then, because Jimmy Iovine, token white guy in the music industry, Italian, he's been in it for years, wrote hits, produced hits. Not even Jimmy Iovine was a major shareholder. They had guys behind them that mm-hmm. were beyond, beyond rich. And they all used their influences, their friends, their connections to make Beats by Dre a global brand. Absolutely. And But what they've done with Beats by Dre, which is very clever, is they built another system behind the Beats by Dre's brand that is now called Apple Music. Mm-hmm. That's the reason why Apple bought, bought Beats by Dre. They had to put the headphones, but they wanted Apple Music. Mm-hmm. That everyone with an iPhone now uses. Mm. Now that's what they did. So just think about that. Yeah. What if we had a group of investors that invest in properties? What if that group of investors wanted to pull money together and create a corporate company that had, say, ten investors, a hundred grand each? Yeah. What if then you had a limited company and you invested? So as we all are property investors in property, you, we might think, yeah, we could buy X amount of properties and we could do this and we could do that. The beauty about properties is it's very stable. You know, it's a very, it's a good thing to buy. It's extremely stable. That's why people buy properties. That's why investors have 300 properties and so on and so forth. But how much return do we get from houses? So if your house generated a thousand pounds a month, mm-hmm. that's 12,000 pounds a year. Mm-hmm. So a million might be free houses. So imagine we get free houses. Let's imagine we're are taking in about a pound per house. That's what thirty nine k a year. Mm-hmm. But after paying expenses or work, management fees or whatever, maybe maybe it goes down to like thirty five or thirty four. So it sounds good. Mm-hmm. But a business can generate ten k a month. Yeah. And this is the part where we talk about information. This is the part where we talk about corporate companies. You can pull your money together. You don't have to buy houses. You can buy a business, but you might think, I know nothing about this business or that business. No, you could buy a franchise yeah. that will hire your staff for you and hire you a manager to manage it also. And you, all you have to do is obtain the, and all you have to do is literally get the unit on the high street and they come and brand it for you and get you started over a period of time. Yeah, it's and it's like a success. Yeah. It's a franchise. Yeah. And that franchise could make you, so that 100 grand could actually buy you 10 subways. Those 10 subways could potentially profit you 8,000 pounds each a month. Yeah. Now you're making 80 grand a month. You've got your money, money back nearly after a year. Yeah. What if one of them doesn't do too well? Shut it down. Well, what did you lose by that one shutting down? Well, if you've got 10 people, 
10 subways, you lose one, you lost 10 grand. Exactly. Yeah, that's the truth. <laughs> you lost 10 grand. Rather you, than 100. You, rather than 100. Because yeah. you spread it over different things. Yeah. So that's why when Apple bought Beats by Dre, yeah, they had the headphones that was a brand that was doing well, but they also had Apple Music that came with it that they knew they had options. It was worth it and they made it work and it's even bigger than what it was. Yeah. This is how you, we have to start thinking. We have to start thinking, we work together, we pull together, we create a company. That company would then do X, Y, and Z that have this return and now we're investing in other things. We might even say, let's hire kids in our community to work there, to give them opportunities when they're at college, when they're at university, whatever it may be. Mm-hmm. You know, we have power now. Do you know how empowering it is to be able to hire a team of black people? Think about that. If you could hire 30 black people to, and they could all be successful. Yeah, that's a great thing. That def- that's, that's, we, that's definitely visual. That's a visual yeah, success. I, and I have friends that have 300 staff. 99% of them are black. Wow. 300. 99%. If I go to a Christmas meeting, I say to them, a Christmas party, and I'm there with them, I say to them, mate, what country are we just turning? Where are we gone? Are we in Jamaica? <laughs> like, what's going on here? Every single person, you might see you, 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 five, or there's probably one table of white people that sit together. The rest is all black. <laughs> it's a beautiful thing. But that's what they're doing for their community. Yeah. And we, right now, it's a big thing about black lives and black lives matter. And, you know, we want to be treated equally and so on and so forth. If we want to be treated equally, we want real change. We have to start changing ourselves and we have to start changing our thought process and how we do. And we need to band together and work together. That's key. And we need to understand the economy and government. Banks control government. They control the the economy and they hold governments to ransom to get what they want at the expense of the banks. Which means if a bank says, we're going to go bust, and a bank goes bust, it's going to hurt the economy. Absolutely. Government can't accept that. But I'm going to bail you out because they can't afford for a bank to go down because that means investors will stop investing. Yeah. Shareholders will pull their funds. They're like, no, this isn't safe. Like, we're going to lose our money. Yeah. Pull out. They don't want to see that. So imagine we had a black company that purchased properties, that purchased businesses, that gave back to their communities. Imagine we was able to then form banks. Imagine we was able to then become a part of the establishment and have a say. Yeah. And imagine they and imagine they started mistreating black people. And we said, Well, if you're gonna do that, then we're gonna do this. And the government thinks, Well, if you do that, you're gonna put us into a recession. Okay, well you better sort it out then. Absolutely. I guarantee you it would get sorted out. Quicker. Click of a fingers. Click yeah. of a finger. Because marching and making up noise, it's going to make small change. If you want real change, you have to get smarter. So you're saying that real real change, it, it really involves economic, um, having an economic impact. That's right. Yeah. Upset a Jewish person. Upset, let's upset the Jewish community. They could cripple your economy. They have so much power, yeah. so much control in the infrastructure, yeah. economics. You cannot say a bad word about a Jewish person. Yeah. You will be, whatever you're trying to do, you, that will be the end of you. Yeah. Even, is, is, I think it's the LB, 
I don't know what the LGBT community. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There you go. LGBT. Go on, say something wrong. Go be outspoken and say something about that, that group. You don't realise that they make your car. You don't realise that they contribute so much. They're in high places mm-hmm. in certain companies that control structure of our economy. Yeah. That's why I think it was the other day where you could be penalised if you mistreat someone for being in that community. Yeah. You could be prosecuted. You could, and I'm not saying they shouldn't. They should. But why can't we have the same be touched with the same brush? Why yeah. do we have to march and yeah. fight and just to live? Yeah. Just to not be killed by police that yeah. may protect you or or to you know, walk in, in your estate in your in your neighborhood and say, Oh, we have reports of, you know, X, Y, and Z, you fit the description. That description fits about ninety five percent of my mates. How do you know it's me? Yeah, exactly. Well we're gonna search you and we're going to search you and, and make you feel uncomfortable and be horrible to you because we control you and you can't tell us what to do sort of thing. Yeah. That kind of attitude to make you hate the police. Absolutely. But the moment you put your your community in a place of power, you control. Just like British Airways, if British Airways, Virgin and Virgin uh, Atlantic, close down their companies, how many unemployed people would be in the UK? The government don't want that. Mm. They have to build them out because they own. They have so many staff. Yeah, it's going to affect their numbers. It's not like three hundred is good, but imagine they had a hundred thousand members of staff. Yeah, three hundred thousand members of staff. Absolutely. Oh, I'm going to close my company. We're going to go redundant. We're going to X Y Z. Hold on, all these people are going to be made redundant. All these people are going to be signing on. No, 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 no. We'll help you. Because if I give you the money, I'm going to get it back. Yeah, exactly. If I have to pay them, if I, you understand, if I give you the money and you're on the door, you're not giving it back. And you might not go back into work. That's the science. So if you want change yep. and you want to grow, you need to be in a position of power. Yeah. Yeah, you need to learn it. That That's how you do it. So you yeah. start by forming companies. Um, and then do you know what these corporate companies do? They merge. Yeah. They merge with other corporate companies. And they get bigger and then they just buy everything. <laughs> oh, we're going to buy Louis Vuitton. We're going to buy Gucci. We're going to buy Chanel. Yeah. Owned by one super corporate company yeah. that controls it all. So think about that. So you, one person buying one, two, three, four houses is great. But imagine buying, literally buying the block. You own the block. And we're not talking about... The Jewish people own the blocks in central London. Yeah, they, they do. They own them. No mortgage. Yeah. Upset them. They, they they do leases for like 50 years, 30 years. Yeah. 25 years. That's what they do. Yeah. Small, slow leases. You can't say nothing to them. They own the building. Okay, leave. No problem. I'll leave it empty. Yeah, that's true. It's, it's, in, it's in central. And this is why we... We talk about change and we, we march and we protest, but what you need to do is we need to educate ourselves and understand that the younger generation are going to be the ones that will get the real change. But as an older generation, what we need to do is understand what kind of change we want and how we get that. You get change with power. Yeah, it's that yeah. simple. I'm in, I work in a network and in my network, all the old guys that have been there for a long time that have a lot of power because they make so much money and do so much, they control the network. 
you upset them, okay, no problem. I'll leave. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> they don't want you to leave. Yeah. I'll leave and I take all my clients with me. Yeah. That's yeah. what they do, they're strong on me. I'll leave. Yep, economic power is definitely uh, is definitely a tool that we need to get used to and understand. Um, yeah, what it's going to do for us. I mean, I've I've been. I mean, I've seen I've seen emails being passed around about uh, utilizing certain types of banks that basically uh, have an interest or uh, protect the interest of you know our community. Um, which I don't think is a bad thing. I mean, it's it's uh, it's definitely the way the way to go. I mean, why put your money somewhere if you don't believe you're going to get anything back? That's gonna that's gonna back or look out for interests that are close to your heart. I'm not any different. You don't don't cater to my needs. You don't need you to cater to my needs. Mm. I can make it. You, if we was on a level playing field and we started that race neck and neck, side by side, like they do in the in the, in the 100 meters. Mm-hmm. I'm going. I'm not. I'm going to break the world record. Mm-hmm. But we don't start the race. We have to run a 200 race. You're you're 200. We have to run 200 meters. You're running 50. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm catching up. I'm catching up, and our children are catching up. This is why. Yeah. Make it level. Make it level. And That's then let's true. see. Let's uh, and let's see how quick you really are, and how much control you or power you really have. That's I can guarantee truth. it's not going to be the same. Yeah, that's the truth. Because we've, we've had to work harder for it. Yeah. So that's the thing, you see. That's why I say to you, it's like, you don't need to do nothing for the community. You just give us equal opportunity. But yeah. we have to teach and understand it ourselves so we can move forward. Absolutely. And we have to... Those are the things that we need to think about and understand. And we do that by creating something that has substance and meaning. And the only thing that people in this world understand is money. Yeah. Unfortunately, yeah. Fortunately and unfortunately, that is that is it. Yeah, yeah. it's money. But yeah. be smart with your money, because you don't spend your money. When I said someone puts a hundred grand in and you and you buy businesses, I didn't mean use your money to buy the business. No, use the bank's money. The bank will give you a million pounds. <laughs> now you got two. The yeah. bank will say, well, on that million pounds, you have to pay interest of twenty thousand pounds a month. No problem. So I'm going to buy. 10, uh, investment properties, I'm going to be profiting 80k a month and you can take 20 grand from it. Yeah. And by the end of five years when the loan is up, you've paid it back and you've still got your million in the bank. That's the truth. It's still there. And guess what? You can take your money out tax-free because the business owes you. These are the things that these guys do and how they do it. The more money you have, 20 investors, 2 million, 30 investors, 3 million. The more money you have in your bank, the more opportunities you create for yourself, the less risk for the investor, the less risk, mitigating risk. Yeah. yeah. If you do it on yourself, the risk is all on you. Do it with two people, you share it. Absolutely. Do it with 30 people, even better. But you're probably thinking, well, how do I, when do I start making money? Well, if you invest all that money, you'll make more money and it would be, it would be so beautiful Imagine five years time, you manage to get yourself to a point where you're profiting. You're, 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 and this is profit, by the way, the eighty thousand. You're profiting a million a month. So I have friends that turn over and make a million a month in their businesses. Mm. I have friends that do that. But you could be doing that with profit. With and they and I say to them, if you two work together, you'll make more money. Yeah. 
Ah, I can't, work, I can't work with him. Ah, I can't work with him. Yeah, that's the problem. <laughs> <laughs> that's the problem. Yeah. If you work together, you would work, you would actually make more money. But they just, nah. And that's the problem. People, very, very successful brides, very successful. If they work together, they make more money. Can't work with each other. <laughs> Love guys. each other, but can't stand each other. Yeah. Because yeah, exactly. That's, yeah. The, that's the problem. Hey, you know what, Ash? I think that's been a, that's been a really good conversation. Yeah. It's, it, has, it hasn't just been about mortgages. It's been about wealth building and uh, generational, putting yourself in a generational position that allows for further progression, not just for yourself and your family, but for the whole community as a whole. I mean, if a person wants to, you know, get in contact with you or your organisation, um, I know you've got um, a finance firm. Um, how can they get in yeah. contact with you? Um, they can, I mean, it's best to speak to me directly. Yeah. Um, so we can have conversations about what you want to do and how you want to do it. And I have a team of brokers, but I always say speak to me first so I can guide you, get a good understanding of what you want to do. My Facebook page is Sterling Capital Group. Yeah. Sterling Capital Group. Instagram page, Sterling, S T E R L I N G. Yeah. Sterling Capital Group. Yeah. And my Instagram is. Sterling Capital Group, <laughs> and my website is sterlingcapitalgroup.co.uk, yeah. and my direct number is over seven eight five zero five five zero seven six five. Cool, cool. So um, yeah, if anyone wants to get in contact with him, wants to talk about any sort of financial planning uh, or mortgages, then um, Ashley is definitely the one to to speak to. It's been excellent having a conversation with you, finding out where your head's at and um, getting an idea of, um, you know, the, the vehicles that we should actually be looking to use to expand on yeah. our wealth and, um, and to build a community too. I mean, as I always say, uh, By the Block is all about empowering people, um, working together and building a community that can um, work on resource, working together and making sure that our interests are better protected um, if you want to get yeah. in contact with me, um, my Instagram handle is uh, by the block UK. Um, and if you want to join our group, just message me on Instagram and um, I'll see to it that you're actually added. Um, I'm always looking for new people to, to join, people who can contribute um, and provide a perspective as to um, how we can move the scene forward. So, uh, yeah, that's pretty much the end of our interview. Uh, but thank you, uh, Ashley, for, for, for joining us today. Yeah, 100%. Thank you very much for having me. No problem at all. All right, cheers.